Well, this morning we're continuing in our family series. Let's see here. There it is. Uh, What's a family for? We've talked about how to restore harmony in the home. Today, raising kids without raising your blood pressure. <laughs> it's kind of funny we got a blood drive going on. So, uh, hey, and you're free to leave. Okay, I'll get you a pass because we need to donate a lot of blood. Uh, April 24th, Hope for Hurting Parents. That's, that's next week. So think about some people you know who, who struggled uh, in their relationship with their kids or having a tough time. And we certainly want to be an encouragement uh, to them. But it's been a great time. And we're going to be talking again about raising kids without raising your blood pressure. Now, I am going to give you a tip right off that you can use today, especially moms, okay? Moms, you, you, <laughs> you bear a lot of the burden in terms of raising children. So this is what you do now. I don't know uh, if you know, but I've recently got into adult coloring books. Uh, anybody with me out there, huh? Yeah, yeah, isn't it just wonderful? I'll show you some of the things I've done. Uh, that's the first thing. Joan and the Whale, I was inspired by that. And yeah, this, I finished this yesterday. Do I hear people laughing? I sense that people are laughing. You're mocking me. You're saying, that's not Harrison's personality. He could never do that. Well, you're right. But at the same time, it's a, it's a craze. I mean, they're running out of colored pencils, the people who make them, because everybody's coloring. And, well, they do that, uh, this coloring book, in order to reduce stress. Because it gets your mind focused on something. In fact, I was talking to somebody before the service, and they said they use it for that purpose. It also lets that inner creativity out of you that was buried when you became an adult. (laughs) So, moms, this is what I want you to do. All right, let's say today, you know, the kids are acting up, and you're going to teach them that you have a coloring time. Right? 15 minutes of a coloring time. And you're going to go wherever you can find the locked door, and you're going to sit down, and you're going to color. You can relate to that to a particular degree, right? So what you do, you sit down and open up your coloring book. Now, again, this will be very hard the first time. Uh, The kids need to get used to it. So what you do is you you just start to design and... uh, you know, the door's locked, but you can still hear what's going on. They're laughing. The kids are laughing. Oh, isn't that great? That's cool. Yeah. Oh, wait. Look, somebody's screaming. They scream all the time. You know, they're kids. Yeah, they can take care of themselves. Somebody's crying. Whatever, you know, they'll get through it. No doubt about it, because I am focused. I'm trying to reduce my stress. Oh, there's a dish that dropped. Hmm, interesting. (laughs) So you really have to work hard at it, okay? Uh, And then they start banging on your door. (laughs) 
I'm coloring. I don't have any stress. You know, they just calmly get up and open the door and say, Didn't I tell you I was having my coloring time? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of ways to relax. Did you know raising a child, I believe, is the most complicated thing you can do in the world relationally? How many would agree with that? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. It's like, wow, you know. Why wasn't he born with a manual? <laughs> right? Well, friends, uh, Lori and I have three boys. And uh, they're all in their 20s. And uh, they have been a great blessing uh, to us. And I've got my son Wes here. So you, you, can, you can be the truth teller. Talk to him after the service. You know, did he really do this stuff? You know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's a joy to raise children. But, again, it can be extremely frustrating because you are trying to shape and build a child that loves and worships God. So, who should we look for as a model? Well, we should look at God. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, perfect in this context means you need to continue to strive to be holy because you're never going to be perfect. And if you've been a parent for a short time, you know you're not perfect in dealing with your kids, right? But that's what we should look at. We should look at God and how He raised us in a sense. What He does as a Father for us. Sounds like that's the perfect guide, right? That's what we're going to do this morning. Psalm 103, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. God loves you so much. And you need to remind yourself of that every day. Because that just doesn't come naturally to mind. You've got to remind yourself that God treasures you. God keeps uh, your tears in a bottle, the Bible says. Uh, God knows everything about you. Because Jesus experienced life, right? I mean, it's just one of those beautiful things about the Christian faith that we can pray and know that God has experienced life like we have. And He shows compassion to us. He's very patient, very forgiving. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows our frame. And we're just a pile of dust. So again, if uh, your kids is getting boastful or that type of thing, just say, you know what? You're a pile of dust without God. <laughs> right? We're all just a pile of dust. The reason that we're here, we're living, God is holding all this together. And you go, boom. You become a pile of dust. But God loves that organized pile of dust and put a soul into it. And, uh, yeah, 
so special. And you can tell your kids, you know, when, when they're comparing dads out on the playground, you say, well, my dad built the universe. <laughs> my spiritual dad. Let's talk about raising kids. The first thing you have to do is understand your kids. And that's most of the job right there, understanding your kids. Probably the most well-known verse in the Bible on parenting, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the point is that this tremendous privilege, I mean, you think about it, I mean, God has entrusted to me a child or children, and He's asked me to disciple this child that they would become more like Jesus. Look at 18, whatever years, uh, to do that. that. That's the most important thing you're doing in this world, right? You're discipling these kids. You're teaching them to love God, to experience salvation, and, and then to walk with God, teaching them to do that. And so that's always so important to remember. Because when you're in the midst of a very complex situation with your child and you don't know what to do, you should pray, right? But even in the frustration, you can thank God. God, thank you so much for entrusting this child. Now, I really can't stand him right now, but uh, I do love him. And please help me. Because I want him to be a tremendous disciple of yours. Now, it's interesting uh, that word way uh, means bent, or it is used to describe you know, bones you know, being fixed, put back together again. So we are to discover our child's bent, our child's way, our child's personality, our child's abilities, our child's weaknesses. As you know, every boy is in there, totally different. And the challenge is sometimes we're so short on time, we use the same parenting style on each of the kids. But you can't do that and truly be effective because you've got to customize a parenting style for each child. I mean, for example, some kid, uh, or your kid that is, uh, you know, says something he shouldn't have said. And you give him the evil eye. And oh man, he just melts. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't mean to. Please forgive me. Then you do as you want. Your other children, you give them the evil eye. And just come on, baby. Come on. Come on. I'm up for a fight. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. So you you got to know those differences. And uh, you learn them, of course, as you go. So what is your child's way? How has God designed him? And how can you use that knowledge to love and encourage him? Proverbs 14.29, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. 
So whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. See, this is why you need to understand your kids. Because if you don't understand them, you don't know what they're going through, uh, you could aggravate them in the way you're treating them. Because, again, because of their uniqueness. You need to understand them. So you can, again, properly respond to them, no matter what the issue is that's going on. Because when we don't take time to understand our kids, we get quickly angry and disciplined, or whatever it might be. <laughs> Been there a lot of the time. Right? You know, it's true. <laughs> you go to work and the boss yells at you and you come home and do you yell at the kid. The kids yell at the dog, right? But it is so true. We have we have frustration within us. And we want to release that frustration. So we sometimes release it on the road. Uh, but sadly enough, the place where we release it most is in the home toward our wife and our kids because we feel open and free to do that. Well, yes, you you need to express your feelings. But you need, again, to ask God to guide you in expressing your feelings and not use the frustration of the day to cause you to get unnecessarily angry at your kids. So, so important to remember. There's another issue that's come up that complicates parenting. Uh, parents' inattention. Catherine Steiner Adar, a psychologist who has interviewed thousands of children and parents about the role of screens in children's lives, concludes that our kids are well aware of our media absorption. She says, children of all ages, 2, 15, 18, 22, use the same phrases to talk about how hard it is for them to get their parents' attention when they need it. Sad, angry, mad, frustrated, she said. They were complaining that their parents weren't focused, their parents were focused on screens. She continued, like a child's chorus of all ages, talking about this new sibling rivalry. Only it's not a new member of the family, it's a new screen. It's a device. We need to be really careful with that because, you know, your smartphone and the web, it's entertainment, you know. Find out what's going on in people's lives. and Oh, man, there's so many things to look at. But the point is, is you need to make sure that it's not taking away your time with your kids. Now, it's relaxing for you, so that's a good thing. But again, it has to be balanced. If you're a parent that's really into social media and things like that, you've got to ask yourself, am I giving the proper time to my children? And especially if your child says something to you. If your child says something to you, you need to sit back and think about that. And think about how is this impacting my relationship uh, with my child. Psalm 127.3, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. You know, the older you get, the more you start to understand 
that having children is one of the most beautiful things in life. It can be the most painful at all as well. But when I think of my three boys, I just rejoice. And God gave Lori and I uh, three boys to love, to disciple, to understand, to train. And they weren't perfect, but we kept praying and tried to do our best. Uh, just remember that. Maybe you should take that and put that up on the ri- fridge, right? <laughs> and you're really frustrated. Yeah, children are a Lord. <laughs> They're a gift because they are. So first you have to understand your kids. The second thing you need is to discipline your kids. Now this is the most problematic thing in parenting. When do you discipline? How do you discipline? What are the principles? Well, first we look at God. Well, how does He do it? But the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. Now, we don't talk about that a lot. Love, mercy, He disciplines me. No, we don't like to think about that because who wants to think about discipline? Right? But God disciplines us in order to sharpen us, in order to remove that that cover of sin from our soul so that we might enjoy our relationship with Him and give glory to Him. You know, you've got to be careful. If you're too introspective, you'll think God is disciplining you. Anything bad happens. So that's not true. But! If you find yourself in a place of rebellion, if you find yourself wandering from God and things happen to you that are not pleasant, it's quite possible that God allowed that in your life in order to get your attention. You know, I, I pray that when, when people are spiritually wandering, I just pray, Lord, I pray that you would bring into their lives whatever it takes to bring them back to you. It could be something painful, right? But again, it's more important they're walking with God and getting everything they want. And that's why, of course, we discipline as well. Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Now, that's kind of strange. I've never thought about killing any of my sons. But when you don't discipline your children, you are putting them in a very dangerous situation because it's your job to form their world view. To disciple them. I just love parents. Oh, they're so much involved in every area of their children's life, and they say, "Well, I'll just let them figure that out." You know what I mean? They don't. They don't care. They really don't care because if you're a Christ follower, the number one thing you want to communicate to your kids is who God is, who Jesus is, and uh, help them to grow. Because friends, you know, I I really feel for parents today uh, with younger children. The toxic nature of our culture that your kids are exposed to 
And again, you only have so much time with them and so much exposure to them. You've got to be strategic in helping them to become God-centered and to tell them that this world, this world's controlled by Satan, and Satan wants to destroy them. And you just need to continue to teach them. We just can't let it go. That's a problem with the church many times. It just goes the way of the culture. But that's not the way it should be. We are to be different. We are holy. We are saints of God. And the statistics for non-believers should not be the same as believers in marriage, divorce, that is, uh, and many other areas. Many times there's no difference. And that's a sad commentary on the American church. Again, if you don't discipline your son, you're setting him up for death. You're setting him up for pain. You're setting him up for frustration. You don't want to do that, right? So you discipline in love. Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ah, don't you love that verse? No condemnation. So Satan is whispering in your ear. And he's saying, oh, you don't measure up, you know. You are nowhere spiritually. Uh, yeah, I mean, Satan's always whispering in our ears. Talking about the past. But we need to remember that Jesus Christ died for our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. And there's no one who, can, who should condemn us for past sins or whatever sins, you know. We've done because it's all been forgiven. It was forgiven at the cross. And we need to maintain fellowship with God when we, we sin and, and, again, acknowledge that the sin has drawn us away from Him. But again... There's no condemnation. So that's what you need to realize, okay? As a parent, I don't want to condemn my kids in any way. There's a big difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment, you want to inflict the penalty, and that's it. You just want them to experience the pain, and hopefully uh, that will teach them something. Think of our prison system, those type of things. But discipline promotes growth. When you discipline a child, you're doing difficult things that the child does not like in order for them to grow. You've got to prune them. And they're not going to be happy about that. You, your number one job is not to be your child's friend. But it's to be their parent. Very important to understand. They've got to know that you're the parent and that you will discipline because you love them. Now, you can explain it to them, but I don't know if they'll catch it. (laughs) This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. But you know what? It's true. So I look back on raising my children. we, We spanked our kids and, you know, Doing discipline was one of those frustrating things. I mean, the time that it took, but more importantly in terms of, I don't want to be disciplining my children. 
But again, God says you need to discipline your children. You need to teach them the boundaries. You need to teach them what is right and wrong so that they will grow up to be a wise adult and live life in the right way. Punishment focused on the past. Discipline focused on the future. Anger is a part of punishment where love motivates discipline. Fear comes to a person who's punished. But if you discipline your child in the right way, you, your child's going to experience security. You know, children want rules. They want boundaries. And when they don't have them, it really upsets them. They might not be able to articulate that, but they don't feel secure. They don't feel like, okay, there's a system here and my parents love me and I'm going to do what they want. And that's what you have to understand about discipline. First John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, if you're disciplined in the right way, your children should not be fearful of you because it's out of love. Now, there's the natural anxiety that they're going to be disciplined in some way. But in the end, what's going to happen is they are going to know that you care. They're going to know that you are watching their lives. And, and again, you always need to be mixing the affirmation in there. It's so important when this time of discipline comes. You know, it's all balanced out. Proverbs 13.24, Whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline. It's interesting. Uh, this past week there was a viral video that went around about a teacher in Georgia... Uh, who paddled, I don't know, looked like a very young child. And, of course, everybody you know, came up with their different views. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not supportive of, uh, of um, spanking in schools just because of our culture and a lot of reasons. But I do believe in spanking because the Bible says it. Oh, that's the Old Testament, you know. That, we didn't have any grace in the Old Testament. <laughs> Whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now, when you're spanking a child, there's so many considerations in terms of how old they are and that type of thing. Um, but you want to do it calmly. <laughs> I struggled with this one because I was so upset. <laughs> I tried to step away and, uh, and I tried to calm my heart do it out of love, even though it was difficult uh, to do. In fact, I was, uh, I was spanking one of my kids, and uh, afterwards he said, that didn't hurt. Oh! <laughs> that didn't hurt. Well, thank you for sharing that information with me. I guess I didn't do it properly. Let's go through it again. <laughs> in fact, I was talking to a guy in the atrium, Mike Udis, and he said that when he was a boy, his mom uh, was spanking him, and as she spanked him, uh, a tooth fell out. And so he started to bleed from the mouth onto the floor. And he said, stop, Mom, stop, Mom, stop, Mom. 
bleeding. Well, what did she do? She spanked them for bleeding on the floor. <laughs> oh my, that's the wrong way for discipline, uh, no doubt. You want to do it quickly? I mean, kids have short memories, and uh, so you want to do it uh, as quickly as possible. But I really believe that you know parents should have an equal role in discipline. Not wait till your daddy gets home. You know, some things. But uh, again, each one has to be involved in this in this activity, so the kids know, hey, you know, they're on the same page with this. <laughs> and then it needs to be done sparingly when we talk about spanking. I mean, you you reserve that for certain situations. We we had thousands of timeouts. <laughs> I can remember sitting in my chair, looking down the corner. You know, I was in the corner, and and they said, stand up, stand up. You got to get up, <laughs> and they would try every trick in the book. You know, you just get tired after a while. But it is so important because God is using you to form the soul of that child to break His will. You know, when you're disciplining some child, you know the difference when they are uh, still mad and still angry at you or when their will has been broken. There's a different type of crying that goes on. And that's what you need to do. You need to break the will. And some kids, some kids are very difficult. I mean, they're very challenging to do that with because they're so stubborn. But again, you need to be faithful and and guys, you know, <laughs> I don't want to give you the impression that I was super dad or anything of that nature. I made so many mistakes as I reflect back on it. But I know that I was seeking to obey God in my way. And I was doing everything that I knew. And again, uh, that's where we have to be. We just need to continue to grow to be parent, better parents. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. So when, again, you're disciplining, you do not want to do it out of anger. You really just want to calm down and say, okay, well, you did this, and I'm going to discipline you for that. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. So when you know, the kid does something wrong, you know, they just, all the frustration they've had in their life that day just comes out. And that is wrong. But a wise man quietly holds it back. And that's difficult to do because usually when you're going to discipline your children, you are angry at them. So do whatever you can to put a pause in there. Uh, Psalm 173. We'll talk about that. Uh, now let's talk about discipling your kids. Discipling. Your kids. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, a very well-known passage. And again, the most important thing that you're doing on this earth, if you have children, is discipling them. That's the most important. That's top priority. 
had people come into my office for counseling and things of that nature. Sometimes I know their background, sometimes I don't. But I just say to myself, I just wish that this trial would have been discipled more because they wouldn't be facing this problem today. You heard the old thing, and parents don't discipline, and then the schools will discipline, and then the police will discipline or punish. We don't want that to happen. So even though it goes against our very spirits, we have to believe we're doing the right thing because we're shaping a soul. And it's hard to shape a soul. We get tired of it. It's just the same thing week after week after week, always correcting, always guiding. But you're doing the most important work in the world. Because God has entrusted you a child that He wants you to pour your life into and teach them how to be godly. Because that's the best thing you can give to your kids. To teach them how to be godly make a priority out of their spiritual life. Luke 4. Oh, this is a, about teaching your kids. And these words, Moses writes, that I command you today shall be on your heart. You've got to be living it out first, right? You shall teach them diligently. Diligently. That means consistently. Uh, intentionally. You have got a plan and train and uh, plan and raising uh, your kids. You know, one thing I'd encourage you to do, uh, if you don't have any resources on parenting, is just go on the web and put Christian parenting. Oh man, they've got everything. You can put the problem you're having. One of the good things about the web, it's a great place to get uh, information, especially about Christian parenting. So if you're stumped, you know, first part is to ask somebody, but if you don't have anybody there, uh, take a look at the internet, and uh, yeah, God's got a lot of good stuff there at the uh, touch of a finger. So teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. How much do you talk about your spiritual life or the child's spiritual life in a given week? Just think about that. You see, if you're going to disciple your child, you need to be regularly talking about everything, the spiritual life. I mean, there are so many things you need to teach them. That's why God gives you 18 years, right? <laughs> it's a long process. But remember, it's the most important thing. When you sit in your house uh, and when you walk by the way, you're in the car, and when you lie down and when you rise, Every opportunity you have. Call them teachable moments, right? That's the best time when the kid is confronted with an issue and you come along and you give them godly counsel. And I just want to encourage uh, those of you who have children that for whatever reason, they're, they're strong-willed <laughs> and they just take it out of you. Just keep asking for strength. Ask for counselors from looking at God's Word. And again, because it's very difficult. But it's worth it. It's worth it. God gave you that child. Realize that? He chose that child exactly for you. 
So I can't handle my child. Well, God deals with it. So you have to get other people involved and try to figure this out. Parenting can be so painful. That's why it's so important that we nurture our relationship with God and relationship with our kids. Proverbs 27, the righteous who walks in integrity, blessed are his children at him. Your kids are always watching you. And as you've heard, they're going to catch more by what you do than what you say. I mean, it's good to do both. But you've got to live it out in your daily life. In fact, uh, Cal Ripken, baseball player, uh, said the best advice he ever got was from another team member who said, you know, there's a recorder in my child's head, and it's a blank tape. So, who's going to speak into the life of my child? And we know the culture but you need to take primary responsibility. And if you don't know how to do it, talk to somebody in your small group for some advice. Talk to me, whoever, you know. And we, are, we want to encourage you in discipling your children, even when it's very, very uh, difficult. But the point here is that they're watching you. And I think the greatest motivator, one of the greatest motivators to live a holy life is to pass that down to your children. To teach them to strive for holiness. And so, when I'm raising kids, man, I want to be at the top of my game. Because I'm impacting them no matter what I do. And so I want to be consistently and intentionally growing in my relationship with Christ so I can pass that stuff down to my kids. Blessed are His children after. What an incredible investment we can make. Just a couple things. I'll talk about uh, habits. Habits that we have. When you're raising a child... You're teaching them habits. Really, your whole life is just a series of habits. You know, thousands of habits throughout the day. And you learn, said, well, this is the right way to do it. So you're teaching them habits. Uh, going to school, right? It's always important. You want your kids uh, to be in school and do as well as they can. You're teaching them habits about getting along with other people dealing with conflict, dealing with emotional pain. You're, uh, again, helping them develop habits in relationship uh, to like extracurricular activities. You know, what a wonderful thing to help your child grow and uh, for them to be with other children and that type of thing. So, again, you've got to watch all that. But uh, my concern as a pastor is that the culture has changed and church is not as important. It's not as important. I mean, the average person attends church twice a month. Well, what happened with that? 
when I was a kid, you know, we went to church every week. Because it was a habit that we built into our kids. Or my parents built into us, but we built that into our kids. And friends, if we are going to be disciples, we should not go the way of the culture. We are a disciple-making church. So I'm going to say some things that no pastor would ever say because my responsibility is to disciple you and say some things that, that make you think. You know, because we stress the importance of uh, Sunday mornings, we have a much higher percentage of people who attend uh, regularly. Uh, and I just want to encourage you who don't, you've got to think about the impact of this. I mean, you see parents investing themselves in their kids' academics and their extracurricular activities. But when it comes to church, it seems like it's optional. Well, if they don't have anything else going on. Or... And that's wrong. That's wrong. Look at Jesus here. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. That's what a Jew did. They went to synagogue every, every Saturday, that is. And we as Christians gather together weekly. And so, if you don't attend regularly, what happens is, is you teach kids that it's just not that important. I mean, you'll find parents, you know, who will do everything the kid get a kid to a game or go to a game, make tremendous financial sacrifices and emotional sacrifices. Well, when they grow older, they might be a great athlete. But what about their soul? That is why I just have such a passion for this. And for those of you who have been around Springbrook for a while, I encourage you, if you're new here today, <laughs> uh, let God speak to you about it. But the point being is, is that you need to make church a priority. You need to make Sunday morning a priority. You need to make Awana or the youth group a priority. Because, I'll tell you right now, if you look at how you treat your kids and say, okay, you know, if they could earn a scholarship for spiritual growth, would they get any money? I know people go, well, I've, I've got to do this on Sunday because, uh, hey, God will take care of you. Okay? And you think about it. Have you taught your children that uh, they're going to suffer as Christ followers? You ever told them that? You know what? I want you to know that you're going to suffer. So travel team comes up. You know, it's away every weekend and say, no, we're not going to do that. Because God has called us to worship Him. I mean, that's the reason we're here today, is to worship God. We might not get anything out of it. We're not really thinking, but it doesn't matter. You're worshiping God. That's the reason that you come to church. And it's just part of the church rhythm in your life. And what I see is that rhythm is being, again, devalued. And it really concerns me. It's not about legalism. 
It's about the way I grew up. Many of you grew up. Church was top priority. And now, it's down here. And so what parents basically are doing and saying, it's more important academically, sports, whatever activity you're into, spirituality is less than that. That's what you're communicating to your kids. And I tell you, life is tough enough. You want to get your kids in every type of group and uh, teaching experience because they're going to need it because this this culture is just going to get worse and worse. You know, another thing, well, I don't have the time for another thing. (laughs) Uh, Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank You for the parents and the grandparents in this congregation. I want to thank You for how hard they work, the time, the energy that they put into raising their children. And Lord, my goal is not to discourage you. My goal is to preach Your Word and say, hey, this is an area of Your life that You're weak in. Well, ask God for this strength. And, and, and if you ask your kids, uh, like if I asked my kids what was the most important thing we did as growing up, they'd say church. Not just because I'm a pastor. If I wasn't a pastor, they'd still say church. That was the most important thing in my life. And Lord, I pray that uh, some would be moved today to make some hard decisions about different extracurricular activities. And they will disciple their children saying, Jesus is number one. In Christ's name.